0: One still the the virus. Report suspicious activity in the call. 9 <laughs>
1: Howdy folks, and welcome back to another episode of your favorite podcast, that would be rad. We are a podcast that majors in 80s and 90s nostalgia, comic culture, all things paranormal, and minors in retro video games, tabletop RPGs, pre-internet mysteries, and raising our kids to be half as cool as we were back in the 80s. Whoa, whoa. Whoa, hold you're, on, you're, hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Did you read the whole thing? Yeah. And minors in? Mm-hmm. God. I Thanks just, for interrupting me, man. Sorry, I'm man. I'm glad that you weren't paying attention, but hey, it, this one's for you. Man, it didn't seem that way. We are your hosts, Woody Brown and Tyler Benz. Now, listen, man. Okay. I know that I just kind of like stupefy you with how professional I'm able to do that, but don't interrupt me again. Okay. <laughs> oh, look, dude, I'm, uh, this is kind of like a couple weeks in a row. And I appreciate, I, mm-hmm. I appreciate this. You know, I've kind of yeah. got it easy because, this is another one of those days. This is another one of those episodes mm-hmm. where you're like, "Hey, man!" But this one, you're even more, um, I guess, mysterious about it. You know, you. I know you have a topic. I have no idea what it's even called or about mm-hmm. or anything. So I'm pretty excited to just kind of dive in and get started.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I just, I, I'm, I'm very appreciative that you. You know, you finally publicly say and or j- just acknowledge the amount of work uh, that I do for the podcast and the fact that I'm doing like every episode. Just, just it's like my my back is like so sore from just carrying the yeah. show. Mm-hmm. So I'm, you know, it, it does make me happy to hear you say all that. Um, no, <laughs> all kidding aside, this story today that we're talking about is one of the most baffling and confusing, maybe, and mysterious sort of disappearances, maybe, that we've ever had. Mm -hmm. One interesting thing about this is, uh, when doing research, I realized that this was Unsolved Mysteries' very first episode. What? Yeah. And I, I didn't know that until a couple days ago. Like, the very first one ever. The very first one ever. And it was actually before the legendary Robert Stack would take over Mm. as narrator. And so we're not going to play that here because I don't care about the other Yeah, exactly, exactly. But uh, I I just thought that was really interesting that that was probably sort of the genesis of what would kick off, you know, a show that would last for,
1: you know, 15 years or so. Something about Stack's voice, we've talked about this on the show before too. Oh, dude. It's just so creepy, except for when he, like, he's the... I think he's like an FBI or CIA agent in the Beavis and Butthead movie. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. hmm So the case we're talking about today is the mysterious
2: disappearance of Don Kemp. This story takes place back in 1982 when a, a man by the name of Don Kemp, who was an, uh, a New York advertising man, he was... 35 years old, I believe, super successful guy, great job, you know, living sort of the high life, a man in his in his 30s. And he had had a, an automobile accident several months prior. And uh, because of that, I'm guessing that he had some time off. And so he packs everything up in his car, and he goes to take this long track leading from New York all the way to Jackson Hole, Wyoming. And the reason that he did that it was he's he was a huge Abraham Lincoln fan. He was sort of fascinated with uh, the death of Abraham Lincoln. He was in sort of a club, I guess, if you will, that would meet, and they would sort of, you know, probably kind of— Just kind of like
1: talk about it? Like,
2: hey, man, Lincoln's dead, huh? <laughs> well, yep, well no. dead. I think it was, it was like, you know, there were sort of researchers like, oh, hey, I turned this up about this guy that could be connected and— Okay, so they're like trying to like look
1: into conspiracies and stuff.
2: Yeah, it, it was mainly over his his actual sort of assassination. He he takes off to go on this trip in his uh, his Chevy Blazer, classic, big mm-hmm. old gas guzzling American car, and uh, heads to Jackson Hole, Wyoming. The whole the whole reason he was headed to Wyoming was. He, you know, in this time off, he was going to write a book about Abraham Lincoln's assassination. The day before he would disappear, Don was actually seen at a museum in Cheyenne, Wyoming, the capital. And it was said that he sort of was seen wandering through, you know, all these sort of galleries for several hours. You know, he spoke to no one. And when he left, he apparently forgot his briefcase. In the briefcase were traveler's checks, several of his diaries, uh, and notes, you know, covering the Lincoln thing and his Mm -hmm. driving glasses, which that's sort of an interesting sort of part of the story because these were glasses that he, anytime he was driving, he had to wear these glasses. Yeah. The next day on uh, November 16th uh, at 10 a.m., Highway Patrolman Randy Teeters would come upon an eerie sight. They would find his car, his Chevy Blazer, abandoned in the middle of nowhere, uh, out in the sort of this very barren part of, of Wyoming, 40 miles from town, from any town, both ways. His car door was open. His car was still running, the lights were on, and you would see several of his belongings and clothing sort of all scattered out like they were just sort of falling out of the door and around his car. Weird. Yeah, which is really weird. So like I said, the headlights were still on, the engine was still running, and Don was nowhere to be seen. Man. Immediately, the police would come on the scene and begin looking for him. Sheriff Ogburn, which was the sheriff on the case, immediately, I I think this is sort of a a very unfair kind of thing. So, he, so like I said before, he did have a, a car accident before, and I guess he had had some, he had sort of sustained some injuries. It's it's kind of unclear what those were, mm. but the sheriff said, like, right out of the gate, he says, well, I think he was disturbed. He was having, Ooh. he was clearly probably having some mental problems and or health mm. pro- health problems because no one, would just walk out into the middle of nowhere. Well, I think he was mentally disturbed. He was having mental problems and possibly some health problems. And again, this is in November in Wyoming, so really cold, snow everywhere. And, you know, obviously it was freezing. Like I said, the police would come, Deputy Rod Johnson would actually be in a plane and fly over the area for several hours you know, just looking to see if they could see anything. The reason that that Sheriff Ogburn would say that he he believed that he was disturbed was that you would see f- footsteps from a single person coming from from the car, from the Chevy Blazer, and they would, you know, lead out into the middle of nowhere and then completely stop. Jeez. Which is kind of an interesting thing because... The only other explanation would be, you know, this person, let's assume that it was Don, walks out into the middle of nowhere and then retraces all of his steps and walks backward, you know, back to his vehicle and then magically disappears. Uh, So I don't really, I don't know. That's just one of the Mm. many weird sort of pieces of this puzzle. Yeah. The cops were absolutely... Baffled, The next few days, uh, they would bring in helicopters and, you know, put out basically a search party. Several days later, they would find a barn that was actually six miles away. And Hmm. in that barn, they would find a pile of of sticks, like kindling, uh, like somebody was getting ready to start a fire to keep warm. And then beside that, they would find one of his socks.
0: Socks that were found in the barn were Donnie's socks. I have no idea how they got there. I think they were put there by someone other than my son to look like my son had walked out there. And I don't believe my son did.
2: Which is kind of interesting. There were no tracks leading into the barn. And keep in mind, this, this is... I mean, the car was still running, which would lead you to believe that, I mean, it couldn't have been more than a day, you know, because eventually the battery would just run out. Well, I mean, the gas would run out. Right, right, right. Especially in in an 80s, you know, Chevy Blazer. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, a friend of his who is an artist, we'll call her Judy, uh, she lived in New York. She was a big artist on the scene back in the 80s she would receive two telephone messages on her answering machine. She didn't get them for at least a month because she was out of town traveling. And, you know, back then for, for all you millennials and Gen Zers that are listening, we didn't have, it wasn't just like voicemail or anything. It was an actual machine that would store these these uh, these messages. So when she got back home, she listened
0: and- I'm absolutely certain that it was his voice. And it was a very brief message. Uh, I'd like to speak to you again. Call me in a phone number. The next day, I called, asked to speak to Don. A man answered the phone. He said that Don was out. I'm convinced he holds the clue to what really happened to Don.
2: She would say that his voice was very strained and he he definitely sounded like stressed out part of the liaison in a lot of this was was Don's mom and Don's sister and they believed throughout this entire ordeal that it was there was some foul play involved even though the sheriff and the police force was pretty much like oh he was he must have had some sort of mental illness because nobody in their right mind would would walk out, like walk out into the
1: wilderness or whatever.
0: I was certain he was in a horrible jam. I, I just felt it because this was so unlike my son. Uh, I knew that he hadn't walked out there. I feel that he didn't. And yet the sheriff kept saying that he was out there. My son was murdered. I definitely believe this. Absolutely. He was murdered. We never did suspect foul play. He was out there and was avoiding us, stayed away from us. And I believe on the second or third day, he was going to try to get back to his vehicle. He seen he was in trouble and he didn't make it.
2: It's like, okay, well,
1: how do you explain those footprints magically stop? Well, I mean, like real quick, just to dive in. I can, I can understand, like, I understand their perspective mm-hmm. a little bit, like, their approach, like, I mean, you're not necessarily, you're 40 miles from any town, um, it's cold, mm-hmm. it's you know, like, yeah, it's, pro- it's definitely unfair for them just to assume something, but at the same time, it's like, why would someone with a, you know, there's not a whole lot of answers for why someone that is in the right mental space uh, would just stop their car and and uh, and then walk away. Yeah, right. You know, and the
2: way it was, you know, the doors still left open, the engine's still running. There's mm-hmm. all
1: this like clothing and and just like like all this things. Like that kind of just uh, did it look like someone had kind of messed with the clothes? Is that so?
0: Stuff strung out of it. The doors open. Neither of us has seen anything like this.
2: It looks like maybe if somebody had a big bag and maybe they reached over and grabbed this big duffel bag that was open uh, from the passenger seat and they were rushing to get out and, like, all these sort of clothes were just sort of thrown around. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it could have been sort of like a ransacked type mm. thing. I mean, you can definitely see that there's, a, like, a decent amount of stuff. So, his friend Judy would have these calls and they were definitely from him. There were two. And in both of them, he would ask her to call him back. And the police, when the police were involved, they would track the phone calls and they would find out that these calls were actually coming from a trailer in remotely similar sort of area of Wyoming. It never gives the name, so it's kind of uh, mm. kind of hard to find mm-hmm. out. But it, yeah. I think the reason why is he in all of this, like I said, his mom and his sister refused to give up, even when the police had. And, you know, a lot of times I think they were, they were probably overstepping their boundaries. And who's that? The mom? The mom uh, and the sister. sister, Yeah. Okay. Which, you know, did lead into probably,
1: you know, harassment a little bit with this guy. (laughs) Okay. Hold on. Let me just circle back. Okay. So, his, his friend, mm-hmm. and she's located where? She's Not still in Wyoming. New York City, too. Okay, so mm-hmm. New York City. She goes, uh, you know, she hasn't been home in a day or two, goes home. She's got a couple messages on the machine. Mm-hmm. She presses the play button. Yep. And one of them is a potentially distressed-sounding mm-hmm. Don Kemp. Yeah. The police trace the origin of that call, and it leads to this remote trailer in Wyoming, somewhat close to where the the car was found? Sort of, yeah. It's it's not
2: really clear, and I don't know if that's to sort of protect this guy. Yeah, okay,
1: from like harassment and stuff.
2: Yeah, the trailer was in Casper, Wyoming. But anyway, on these phone calls, Don would say, I'd like to speak to you, please call me. And the, I guess the last message Don would leave a phone number, and the the Judy lady would say that the next day, I called the number and asked to speak to Don. The man would answer and say that Don was out. First, he would say, oh, Don's not here right now. And then that was it. And then the next time she would call, the man that was renting the trailer would say that,
0: I tried in every way I knew how to contact this young man. I finally spoke with him only one time on the phone, and I asked him about my son. And he said he knew nothing about Don Kemp. He knew nothing about Don Kemp. He just paid those phone bills. He didn't look at them. And I told this young man he was lying. You know what has happened to my son. And he just hung up on me. God knows what happened to my sons in that trail. It's, it's too horrible to contemplate. I don't
2: know. And then, you know, as this case would kind of go on, when the police were involved in all the interviews, he would say he had no no knowledge of any phone calls. Uh, he had not made any phone calls.
0: He told us that he had no knowledge of the phone calls and that he had not made the phone calls. I had an occasion to show him a picture of Donald Kemp, and he said that he did not know Donald Kemp, had never seen Donald Kemp, and knew nothing of, of his whereabouts. So
2: unsatisfied with all of this uh, the mom ends up conducting her own uh sort of investigation Mm -hmm. Uh, she refused to just let it lie and refused to believe because of that one little clue where the very first call you know i'm thinking maybe this dude was caught off guard or who knows and he says no there's no don here or don's don's not here right now weird man yeah it's it's really weird and it just continues to get even weirder they said the man was always very cooperative, you know, throughout this entire thing. He would he would continue to just claim that he knew nothing about it, knew nothing about Don. I have no reason to feel that the individual
0: here in Casper had any knowledge of this man's uh, even being in Wyoming other than these phone calls. And I, I, I don't have an explanation for it, neither, nor did he. It, shortly after, he would
2: end up with getting an attorney, and I'm guessing... You know, I think a lot of people will probably look at that and say, oh, well, that means he's, he's probably guilty. But I think it's probably, you know, I don't know that that's a smoking gun. I think if, if the mom and the sister were, you know, calling nonstop and trying to get all this information and saying, you know, you know what happened to my son, I mean, it's probably natural to lawyer up, you know. Mm-hmm. But eventually he, like I said, would get a lawyer and then eventually, shortly after that, he would move away.
0: Who made the phone calls? That's the big question. Whom it was had to have been my son. Somebody can tell me exactly what happened to my son, as I know there are people who know what happened to my son. I know this.
2: One of the things that is interesting is that later on, Don's sister, years later, would say that, that it was so strange because the the boy in the trailer and my brother looked like they could be doppelgangers of each other. They
1: looked exactly the same. And if you were to it's look good at... that you say that because my first thought, just as I'm listening mm, to this and, and okay. everything's kind of uncovering, mm-hmm. is if it wasn't anything crazy, I've got a couple thoughts and theories here already. Oh, just wait. But that's just based on the info that I have now. Right, right. One of them is like, what if he's just trying to... You know, and I guess it's because like you know, you've got the and I forget her name, but the things that fascinate the heck out of me recently are like the Sherry. I think her name was like Papini or whatever. The lady that like faked her own uh, abduction, um, ultimately just to find out that she just wanted the attention. I mean, it, dude, this lady's geez. big time crazy, and the, her poor. I don't like, think I know about husband, this. Oh my gosh, dude! It was like nat- it was like international news. This lady was uh, allegedly kidnapped by these you know hispanic ladies on the side of the road and like taken she was missing for like a long time Mm. then she would like call the husband there's all this stuff and then finally like one day they find her on the side of the road her hair's been cut she's got like uh like a busted nose and like all these things guess what made it all up (laughs) i mean crazy as hell so anyway i you know i'm kind of looking at that through i mean looking at this through that lens Mm. In that, like, you know, he maybe changes his voice a little bit, calls his friend, you know, um, whenever anybody calls in, he's just like, I don't know who that is. Yeah, Who's there? Yeah, you know, right. and that kind of thing. I don't know, it's just very interesting. And then the fact that they look alike. Anyway, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, exactly. She would literally
2: say that they they looked identical. And if you looked at photos from this man in the trailer and don kemp like in their high school pictures she said you wouldn't be able to tell the difference like it was it was kind of uncanny which is Hmm. sort of a a weird so the thing about this whole case is there's a lot of things that are just completely unanswered so it is a little unsatisfying in Mm. in a way if you're one of those people who just like Oh, my wife, dude. She hates unsolved mysteries. Same. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And this one just has like all these weird things that they just kind of throw out that are like, oh, by the way, and then this. And it's like, what? What is that? And then it's just never, never answered. But all that to say, nobody really even like
1: played into that as being like... I mean, at this point, the cops think what oh he's just shacked up with this guy it's 1982 it's the aid scare i mean like what's going
2: on? no so i to me like everything that i've gathered and i could be wrong maybe i'm looking at this from another angle but to me it kind of seems like the cops just wanted it to be you know an open and closed case like mm. oh he just okay. walked out in the middle of nowhere and he died you know and then you know predation and and predators mm-hmm. you know he was eaten and the end i i really do feel that that was kind of the thing and i don't even know if i don't even know that they would have really continued the investigation if it weren't for the mom the sister you know and then his friend judy sort of supplying mm-hmm. all this other information they were Here, they were probably what's interesting sorry go no, ahead. no no I, I was just gonna say they were probably like Okay, people, we're trying to shut this yeah,
1: case. Which is interesting. I'm, I'm glad I let you finish that. The, the, because what I was thinking is like, that tells you a couple things here. Either they're just lackadaisical, love that word, Oh yeah, and don't really care. Like I'm thinking like, why wouldn't a small town police force care? Well, it either happens all the time, which is equally interesting, mm-hmm. or they quote-unquote have bigger fish to fry. But you're talking about like, hey, man. Have you ever been to Wyoming? <laughs> the, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the other like big fish to fry would be like, hey man, Geraldine's uh, four horses are sick and we got to get the vet out there. Mm-hmm. And, like this kind of stuff to me kind of seems like this would be, whoa, we got to figure this out because yeah, that's what this kind of stuff never happens. Right, you know? right. It's like, oh, it's a small
2: town where nothing ever happens. Here's
1: our big chance to like, you know. So like, I feel like then it must happen all the time. Like there must be, tons of people that disappear could be in that area quite often i mean if you look into
2: something you know and i'm not driving away from the dock here but if you look into like david Pilatus, um mm-hmm. his missing 411 work i mean you know wyoming wyoming is my favorite state as of last year because you know we went out and the, like saw the grand tetons and it's just the most majestic gorgeous place mm-hmm. in the world i mean it's just absolutely stunning and um I mean we didn't really pick up that, but I mean you also gotta think of it's a lot like the Midwest where in the winter, you know, it's just the it's just so harsh, mm-hmm. you know, for for people really, that everybody is so sort of isolated and, you know.
0: And they just wanted to
2: get inside and have some hot. Coffee. I mean, maybe. I, I mean, yeah. Seriously. Yeah, I don't know, it's interesting. Also, several days after this would happen, there were, a blizzard would come through and, you know, kind of get rid of any of the other evidence as far as, like, the footprints and stuff. But, I mean, I think they had already got what they needed. They saw where the footprints would end. And so, during this time, during Don being missing, two people would come forward, and they would claim that they had actually sighted him uh, one said that they believed that they had cited him on New Year's Day I don't know if there were, you know, they put out like missing like photos yeah. and they, mm-hmm. you know, did
1: all that in like the post offices and, you know you'll And see- just to remind folks, this happened originally in November now it's like New Year's Day. Yeah, did right. You? So a couple months after he went missing. Yeah, right, right, yeah. So, they would come forward
2: and claim that they had seen him and like you see in a lot of these cases, sometimes, sometimes you can't really hang your hat on that because, you know, and and also, I think, you know, once you find out, and again, like, this didn't come out until years later where his sister said this publicly, but the fact that, like, this other guy from the trailer looked just like him, for all we know, these people that came forward could have actually just seen this dude, Mm -hmm. you know, if they looked so similar. So, Four years would go by, and then the body of Don Kemp would show up very close to where his car was found.
1: What?
0: After these messages, we'll be right back.
2: bryce johnson from the bigfoot collectors club and you're listening to tyler and woody on that would be rad because that is rad
1: pretty fascinating isn't it dude this is crazy i mean it does sound like a familiar story to me for some reason but i think i mean like as i say that though, like i don't know man golly man four years later right body found pretty close to the, so so it's like, well, I don't know. I'd be interested to like Oh just w- wait. Was it because like the, the 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 area is so dense with forest. No 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 and, no this this happened in the middle of a prairie.
2: There's nothing. It's and how does the body not just get like picking apart? Well so here's what's fascinating. So they would find his his body four years later. Okay. The cops, of course, would immediately you know, as we kind of know of what their sort of behavior is on the matter They would immediately say, oh, well, he just died of exposure. However, his body was completely pristine, Hmm. which, number one, proves that there's no possible way that that body could have just been out there for four years.
1: Yeah, like maybe like another couple months and he's like frozen. I mean, I hate, you know, like this is where it gets a little grotesque in Mm -hmm. terms of speaking of someone's um, remains uh, like that, but... You know, if a, you know, I, I know you've probably seen those images and stuff of people hiking up um, Everest and they'll kind of pass by. It's you know, mm, mm-hmm. a, a, someone that was dead and had been there, yeah, on their expedition or whatever previously, and you know they're frozen, but that's because in that area mm-hmm. where they find this body, it doesn't really the temperature doesn't really, you know. Um, get high enough to kind of thaw the person out. Well, no, that that you know, so like it, I can I could see if that area of Montana stayed frozen mm-hmm. for four years straight. Well, no, no, no. So that's the
2: thing. Like the winters are extremely harsh, but when we went out there last
1: uh, Yeah, dude, they're hot. It's man. it's hot. It's in the 80s yeah. and you know. Yeah, there's no way. That's Mm -hmm. what I'm saying. Like, if it was just, like, a couple months and the body was, like, pristine and all this, okay, well, you know, that makes some sense. And also, it was, it's like a prairie, you know? So,
2: and I'm sure it probably belonged to, you know, rancher, cattle
1: farmers, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know if that's... I don't know where you're going with, hey, this is somebody's land or not, but, like, there are areas that are, you know, family members that I have that, that have... Large ranches, out in well, Texas and stuff. You could like, yeah, you could spend an entire like, right. You are not going to visit every single corner sure. of the of the land. So, but,
2: but also this, like I said, this is like prairies, and it would have happened on the property of the farmer that you know the barn where they found the sock mm-hmm, and all that mm-hmm. stuff. It is weird because, and maybe they did, but this is another thing that I haven't been able to to come up with is I wonder how much of the investigation was done with the person who owned that barn. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. well, Mm -hmm. why is this dude socking here? Um (laughs) so I don't know. But you know, the body was like a pretty boy. Take that sock (laughs) right on off. But the body was found. It was it was taken. Uh the interesting thing is the sister, you know, shortly after the body was found, I'm thinking, I'm guessing by the next several days Mm -hmm. She is contacted by a professor that works at the Smithsonian Institute. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah, just wait, dude. He is a forensic anthropologist uh, who is also Mm -hmm. a trainer at the FBI. He said, hey, I'm really interested in your case. I'd like to see his body. And so the sister agreed, and, you know, I don't know if it was shipped out or who knows, or if he came out. But the professor would basically take possession of the body he would go on to carry out his, his own investigation. He would call the sister several days later and say, I don't know how to explain this to you. There's several things about your brother's body that I can't really explain. The hyoid bone, which is the bone that connects the tongue to the back of the mouth, is completely missing out of dawn, There's also a really strange tiny round hole on the top of his head and the pr- professor would say I've I've done this for years and years and I can't think of any man-made object that could possibly make a hole like this it would go straight through his head and so you have to think like okay maybe this hole has something to do with this bone being removed from like the back of his mouth but other than this tiny hole which the original person that did the autopsy or probably the local coroner he didn't pick up on either of these two things. He just said, well, the body's pristine.
1: You know, there's no... Yeah, so other than that whole, what you're saying is there's no... Because I am I looked up the hyoid, hyoid bone, mm-hmm. bone. It's been many years. I won't say how many since I graduated from college. But I did take physiology mm-hmm. and anatomy. And I... Don't remember it. Not a big surprise there. We won't say it's due to... I've uh, never heard of it either. ...any kind of consumption of beverages that would limit brain activity. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But I'm just saying that I've forgotten about it. And so to sort of describe it to those of you listening, imagine like you're looking at a skeleton and just under the jaw, Mm -hmm. almost like it would be like above the Adam's apple, so to speak. Yeah, like in that hole. There's a bone, yeah, that that, um, it's almost like the shape of like a um like a wishbone kind of and we'll you know post pictures of of what that looks like but what you're saying is there's no other like if if someone said hey today we're dissecting a cadaver and we need to remove this bone step 1 would just be like okay cool yeah uh, right underneath as the patient's kind of like laying on their back mm-hmm. or patient as the cadaver's laying on their back you would like surgically remove it maybe from right there at the throat so there's no like cut zero mm. just the opening on the what part of the skull so
2: this like is a this is yeah i i'm guessing it was just sort of around like the crown mm. of your skull i mean that was Anything one thing else missing any other no no no, no. Uh, but i will say it is important to note that you know she again it's it's not real clear on if this professor flew out you know the the forensic anthropologist flew out or if the body was shipped to him, but I guess the sister would meet up with him and look at the body and say, yes, that was, this, is the, this is the body of Don because you could clearly see the, um, the injuries that he had sustained recently in that car crash. Man. You know, So it's not like it was just yeah. sort of a, somebody else possibly. Mm-hmm. So here's where it gets even more weird. During all this time that this is happening... The sister, again, is contacted by a group of people who were actually camping out in the area when uh, Don would disappear. And there was another professor in this group, actually, who said, I've contacted you because we were in the area when when and where your brother disappeared. The reason we were out there is we were studying cases of cattle mutilation. So we believe... From our research and what we've seen in these these cattle mutilations, that this is exactly the same thing that has happened to your brother, and he he was taken, which which does, you know, I mean, if you're open to that, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. You know, there's these we haven't covered cattle mutilation on the show, but mm-hmm. this is a thing that's been around since the '50s, and it's all pretty well, similar. Well, technically been around since the 1800s yeah 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 yeah. but the the
1: i guess where they started taking notice Mm. was sort of around the 50s i mean for those of you listeners that have taken our advice and gotten a passport to magonia Mm. or even i think they probably talk about a little bit and where the footprints end and things like that Mm -hmm. i mean there are cases all up and down the u.s where people reported you know Their animals being mutilated in in various different ways there's some you know sort of um, i guess common or somewhat common patterns of of, um what's left and that kind of thing oh very strange stuff i mean certain things of like skin being surgically perfectly removed sometimes like certain organs you know it's one of those things that like that isn't really arguable in terms of like whether or not it's happening oh it's definitely whether that. or not there's some sort of like supernatural element or or extraterrestrial element to it is a, is you know I think where people kind of where there's that divide or whatever mm-hmm. in any case to me at the very least I'm just listening to this case and then the potential cattle needle if it's none of those other things right then at the very least to me it sounds like we got a serial killer on our hands man and they're practicing with freaking uh farm animals. I just think that's And they're moving to humans. Now that's just that's I'm not saying that's what it yeah, is. Right. I'm just saying you can't go that that's like the barrier of entry in terms yeah, of Yeah, right, right. Like it's at least that. Yeah. You know?
2: Yeah. Yeah, because we're talking about and listener discretion is advised a little bit here, but we're talking about organs completely removed, you know, mm-hmm. completely almost like laser precise, mm-hmm. surgical, um, you know, incisions, accuracy, accuracy. Yeah. Like,
1: we're talking, it's kind of like what we're talking about with Don's head with this little hole. Mm. Um, and like weird, also, just to add something real quick, too, because like on the surface, that might not, believe it or not, sound super weird to somebody mm-hmm. listening. That just sounds like, oh, that's weird. Could have an animal or something. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing when the organs and things are like removed, there's no mess. So, if anybody right. listening has ever hunted and stuff before and you feel dressed in an animal, oh boy. stuff kind of goes everywhere yeah okay i mean there's ways to kind of do it neatly and all that but still it's hard like it would be hard Mm -hmm. to not leave blood and stuff in different places it it was like with these specific cases that tyler's referencing it's kind of a situation where it's almost as if someone had like a freaking high-powered shop vac and like perfectly removed any of the extra blood. Yeah. And you know what I'm saying? It's like very clean and weird yeah. like that. We, you know, we refer to so that bizarre. as as
2: exsanguination, which means no blood is involved, but all the blood is missing.
1: Man, um, one of go. the things
2: that is interesting is in a lot of these cattle mutilations, aside from these, you know, I mean, most, almost all the cases have, you know, the, the genitalia is missing, the... Anus is missing. The uh, you know completely exsanguinated. Um, certain organs are missing, but a lot of times also the tongue is missing. So I wonder if I just wonder if that's some sort of parallel to him missing this this hyoid bone. You know. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, and what I was talking about, I I looked it up real fast and. There, one of the most famous stories was actually in 1967 in the San Luis Valley, Valley, where a horse by the name of Snippy was, you know, kind of mutilated, I guess, if you will. But that was the one that sort of really, really, really put it on the map. I think mm-hmm. Linda Moulton Howe was was a big uh, proponent of cattle mutilation and stuff. But anyway, you know, this guy would would contact her and say, "Hey, we're looking into this," and it is pretty cool that. You know, you did have these groups that were like doing this in the early '80s, because a lot of this a lot of this research wouldn't really become mainstream until you know in, until at least the '90s. So the fact that you have a professor and this group of people that are like out there, like boots on the ground, studying these cattle mutilation cases, I, I just think that's kind of cool, you know? Yeah. Because you know th- there there were no TV shows that dealt with any sort of alien abductions, nothing like that. I mean, we have like our Our movies like Communion and the Mm -hmm. made-for-TV movie Intruders and like stuff like that, but that would come a little later. Mm -hmm. So another interesting thing is the sister would also say that before her brother would disappear, he gave her a book. And it was a book about the universe, and he turned to a page, and he said, "Uh, just keep this book. I don't know why. I can't tell you the reason, but I think this book may come in handy with you. And this page, I want you to remember this page. And so she turns to the page and I think she sort of remembered this like after her brother died. And so she opens the book and the page is talking about the the Pleiades, uh, which is sort of a star system where a lot of these sort of uh, extraterrestrial beings are, you know, UFOs, a lot of the people, especially in like the, I would say like 60s through the 90s, I think Betty and Barney Hill talk about the Pleiades because Betty would be able to draw a star map of where she believed that these UFOs were coming from. And I think it was like tied in with the Pleiades. But that's just one of those weird, interesting things. It's like, mm-hmm. does that have something? to Was he sort of, I don't know, was he kind of like, like linked in on this stuff and you know sort of getting these kind of subtle messages i don't know it's it's just mm-hmm. one of a, one of many interesting weird kind of things and also he he also had this sort of knack for he would always find like coins anywhere he would go right and they the dates on the coins were would always sort of line up with whatever he was going through so i don't know it just it just makes me believe that like he's at least sort of cognizant of maybe these sort of synchronistic things happening around him. He's he's paying attention, you know? Yeah. Here's another fact that gets weird. And this is part of the reason that the sister would go on and believe that him missing was somehow her fault. So before he would disappear, they went to a museum uh, in Maryland that had a, a ton of Abraham Lincoln sort of memorabilia and items that he— he had, you know, before he died. And when they arrived, the receptionist at the museum looked right at Don and said, oh, are you the man who's writing the book about Abraham Lincoln? He said, "Uh, yes, I am. They had never been in this museum before. And she hands him a card. And on the card was a phone number and the name of a psychic who lived in the area. Sort of as a a joke, you know, later Mm -hmm. Don would contact the psychic. And she said, hey, I would love for you to come around and we can do a seance. And if you're so interested in Abraham Lincoln, maybe we could look into it and do a seance. And so Don and his sister and her husband, uh, they end up meeting with this lady. Uh, They sit around this table and they started the the seance. And the psychic is telling the sister, you know, certain things that have happened in their childhood that she was kind of hitting on uh, that were pretty accurate. So at this point they're kind of convinced, like, okay, well this, this lady is not totally a charlatan. Like this is right. you know, she's kinda of hitting on stuff that and again, well, I've said it before. I I'm 50 on this stuff. I think Yeah. I think a lot of times it's just observation and quick thinking yeah. folks, you know. But they seem to believe that, hey, this lady's really onto something. All of a sudden, they were, you know, during this this seance, they would look up, and there would be uh, in the hallway. The door would open, and there was a figure of a woman standing in the hallway. She appeared to be wearing like an old-fashioned sort of Victorian, uh, like bustle dress. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, the psychic began, you know, begins like sort of freaking out. She begins making choking sounds. And right in front of their eyes, all three of them uh, sort of corroborated this. Uh, they see a red line that slowly starts to appear and go from one side of her neck to the other. Almost like she's someone was like cutting her throat.
1: Man, I, this whole time I've been visualizing this and immediately when you're, you started talking about the choking and then this red line, immediately I was like, She's got a lightsaber. This is Darth Vader? <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, right. sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. It, it wasn't a bustle. It was actually Darth
2: Vader. But yeah, they start seeing this. Everybody sort of begins, you know, begins like screaming and f- freaking out and sort of panicking. And they said that, you know, sort of like clockwork, Don sort of takes command of the room, tells everybody to, to grab hands, and he sort of leads the room in prayer. And eventually everything just poof, just calms down, disappears. Goes back to normal, and so the, it's just this weird sort of event that, you know, for some odd reason. I mean, I'm guessing. I mean, it sounds pretty traumatic, mm. but you know that Don's sister sort of has always felt, you know, ever since that, like somehow that event was partially her fault, and that you know tied into this whole kind of thing. Mm. And so here's where it continues to get even weirder. After his body was found, Don's body was found his mom wanted to get the car back because I'm guessing it had just been impounded at the police you know department or whatever mm-hmm. you know I'm guessing I mean it would have had to be f- for four years and so I guess she start- ah, just leave it there man yeah just just it's fine just yeah. leave it. uh, so she ends up talking to her friend a guy that was friends with Don growing up and he agrees to to drive out and get the car and drive it back because you know that's like a a keepsake of the mom and I don't know if this is like part of it I mean this I don't know if this has any bearing on anything but I'm guessing maybe when he was like a missing person that they weren't able to let go of any evidence maybe you know mm-hmm. I don't know I it just yeah. that's the only thing I can think of with it with her just leaving it there for 4 years yeah you know maybe suddenly now they're able to have it so the friend goes out and retrieves the car when he's driving back he ends up, you know, staying in a at a little motel overnight. When he wakes up in the morning, he sees that the car has been broken into. And nothing is missing except a ton of Don's research over the assassination of Abraham Lincoln. Hmm. Um, which is, you know, okay, okay, let's chalk that up to just happenstance but it is yeah. weird because there were other things in the car that were clearly of more value but for some reason this they only you know grabbed some of his his notes and evidence and you know probably diaries and that kind of thing the friend would finally get the car back to the mother's house and they would wake up the next day to find that the car was broken into again and more if not almost all of his research was completely stolen. So two, ni- two mm. nights in a row, this happened, where a car gets mm. broken into, and all they take is bits of research, you know, for a random book over the assassination of Abraham Lincoln, which, mm. which is weird. Very strange. And so they decide that they're going to donate the rest of this stuff to... A, a fellow researcher remember how i said originally that that don had like a group that would meet up yeah. you know and so they donated a lot of it to uh, a, a fellow researcher who several days after this he would die and his house would burn down destroying everything in- what? including the anything that could have possibly been donated to him that was don's yeah Man. I think in the several months after this, I guess they, like, discovered sort of more stuff, maybe in Don's, like, apartment in New York or or whatever, and they end up finding some audio, audio tapes, I'm guessing probably a little, like the little mini tape recorders, probably. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But they ended up giving that over to another guy who, he sort of ran, like, an Abe Lincoln little Civil War museum in Virginia. Well, he... After this, several days later, he ends up coming up dead. And those audio tapes are nowhere to be found. What? Yeah, so it's just this weird thing of like,
1: like what's happening here? So did he potentially uncover some strange conspiracy truth about Lincoln's death? I don't know, man <sighs> this is this is so weird it is so weird yeah
2: but like I said uh, I prefaced earlier about how he kind of had this little knack for like finding he would see these coins you know right um, and so the night that uh, I forgot to add this in earlier but the night that that the friend would drive the car back you know the first night back to his mom's house she would find two coins on the ground one coin uh, had the date of the year. That Don was born. And the other coin mm-hmm. had the year that Abraham Lincoln was assassinated. And mm-hmm. that was just sort of this weird common thing. So Man, I thought you were about to say, and then they found the coin of the date that he disappeared. I mean, that would be pretty awesome. But uh but no, it's just it's weird because like this whole thing, you know, I feel like I feel like just when you sort of start putting a narrative together in your mind of like, Okay, is this like some sort of weird like alien abduction? Mm-hmm. Is this some sort of kind of thing? Then it leads into this, which is a totally different kind of flavor, you know. So it's like, what's happening? Is this is this some sort of you know cosmic joke? You know, mm-hmm. sort of it's all played out. Or like, what's happening? I mean, I guess that's kind of that's kind of where it ends. I mean, there's.
1: I mean, it's like, is it is it a uh, literally potentially in the history of this show maybe the weirdest yeah uh, series of event coincidences and events mm-hmm. that happened and their connections there maybe but dude i got a couple crazy uh, yeah I, let's, gotta, I gotta this is like the fun theory part okay well well hey but before we get into this let's take a break oh man i don't know if you guys i don't know if you can hear um, <laughs> like how my spirit was just shattered <laughs> Well, I know oh, this cool. is gonna, Yeah, you're right, man. Let's let's yeah. uh you know dial back the momentum <laughs> and just uh hear from uh after the we'll be back after these words.
0: We'll return after these messages. It's a pretty cool place if you're a Martian
1: or a vampire, or a vampire think you really know what's happening around here, don't you, do anyone out there wrong. fighters for truth, justice, and the American way.
2: Hey, this is Woody. And this is Tyler. And you're listening to That Would Be Rad. And now, back to our show.
1: Okay, okay so here's the
2: part where we're kind of getting into what we think happened. Mm-hmm. So, and do you want to do you want to hear
1: what I, i've got oh that's that's what i'm talking about hey man yeah. think, hey can i uh you are allowed permission what is the thing on the office when he's like hey michael can i have your permission to uh get the meeting started <laughs> uh, mr Carter?" okay <sighs> this is the this is the fun part all right for me like immediately i didn't i didn't you know how hard it was to keep from just Throwing this in there and just like almost out of the gate because of the type of car that he's driving, dude. I thought that the remember same thing, dude. It is a Chevy Blazer. Thank you. The same mm-hmm. car that John Teeter allegedly uses yep. as a time travel device. Now, and the that's s- the first thing. Hold on, no, no it's my t- but it's my turn. Okay, well if you leave this out, then I'm I'm jumping in. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no I was just gonna say my, I might leave it out. I was gonna say our guest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, you mean our guest. I mean our... Jeez. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. John Teeter. <laughs> our listener. Hey guys, they come from the future. No, but and, our listener uh, would send us Yeah, right, right, right. One of our listener stories in this episode.
0: Hear this listener story on That Would Be Rad, Season 3, Episode 8, John Teeter Sightings, Aliens, and Sleep Paralysis.
1: Mm-hmm. Also had photos of what <laughs> looked just like it could be yeah. John Teeter's blizzard. Now... There's a couple of things here. As I started to think about, not that I wasn't paying attention the entire time your, this is unfolding, I, I was, but I, in the back of my head, I was kind of thinking, okay, w- like if there's a time travel element here, and again, folks, I know this is just, again, for fun, because that would be rad if time travel existed, mm-hmm. okay? So if there is a time travel element, is it more of like, okay, um, what if John Teeter knew that this Don Kemp guy, was a danger to the world mm. not because of the Lincoln book that he was going to write maybe there was something else that he was destined to do mm-hmm. and John Teeter came in maybe he took him to a different time and then interrogated him or whatever and then assassinated dropped off the body
2: 4 years later but i mean know. i mean or even at the most mundane sort of ideas is that like if nothing else just even the just the idea of john teeter actually driving the blazer that belonged to don kemp Mm -hmm. even just that alone is is pretty awesome
1: yeah you know and then i started thinking like was this guy that they called in this trailer was that john teeter maybe that's a base that he's got yeah I don't know. Okay, so that's one theory that I got. Yeah. Another one is very sort of in this world of high strangeness, vanilla, if you will. Mm -hmm. And that is that, yeah, there's a psychopath serial killer on the loose who performs these strange surgical procedures that are above and beyond. Look, we already kind of heard the quote-unquote expertise of these 1982 Wyoming police force. Maybe their small-town... Uh, you know, the uh, coroner mm-hmm. wasn't able to see like the precision that like potentially like a high level surgeon or something would. I don't know. I mean, mm. it, like I said earlier in the show, like if it's not time travel, alien abductions, blah blah, 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 then at the very least there's a lot of strange things going on. That's even before you, told us about the, you know, the the belongings get passed on and then the house burns down the guy dies. And then they send some more over. Like, this again, I'm going to repeat it because I feel like it's our responsibility to do so. If, listener, Mm -hmm. you find something strange in the woods that looks like some sort of artifact, please, for your safety and or your families, (laughs) don't take it into your house, okay? Yeah, for sure. That's rule number one. Mm -hmm. Rule number two, if I go missing... I'm gonna tell. It's not. We're not donating anything to you to research it because, again, safety of you and/or your family. Mm-hmm. Because uh, what if there's some kind of curse going on? Finally, number three, anything is possible. Mm, that's true. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and generally, that means it's probably time travel. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think,
2: like I said, it, it really does sort of. Just when you feel like you're getting your footing and you can kind of explain it, it just it takes a hard turn. The only thing that I, that, and this is sort of a, a a little bit of a mundane explanation too, but the only thing that I can think of is, and this doesn't explain any of the weird stuff leading up to this. I'm I'm just yeah. referring to the the sort of Lincoln connection. But one of the things that I think was fascinating is it was said that his whole book and the sort of the the theme of all of his research was about lincoln's assassination right mm-hmm. and so i did a little research into that to see if like well is there anything you know weird is, with that yeah. is there any other sort of foul play and actually there was and i'd never heard of this until now but apparently andrew johnson who was vice president to lincoln it was known, and it was sort of—I don't know if I would say commonly known—but I guess at the mm-hmm. time it was like sort of a conspiracy theory, if you will, that he had arranged
1: the mm-hmm. assassination so that he would become. In for, for non-American listeners, then the next in line would be the vice president, right? And so yeah, right. You are saying right. Yeah, it, okay. but this was so. This was such a believed thing that it was actually
2: back then a special committee was formed to investigate.
1: Johnson which is really interesting. The yeah. other thing and especially since we th- like we're constantly inundated with all the different committees and all this kind of stuff just with the last like 4 to 10 years it's interesting always to go back in in US history and hear that like this kind of stuff has been going on. Yeah, right. Forever. Yeah, oh yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, here's where it gets a little weird
2: too. As you know, I have had men in my life, my grandpa, my uncle that are some of the best men that I've ever met, right? We're talking integrity, Mm -hmm. deacons at our local church growing up, but they were Masons. And, you know, as I've sort of always been into conspiracies, you know, as you know, the Freemasons, you know, that's sort of part of it. You know, secret societies and Freemasons. It is interesting because Andrew Johnson was actually a master Mason, in the, 18, in the Greenville Lodge, number 119, uh, in Greenville, Tennessee, apparently there were all these little connective tissues uh, that would lead you to kind of believe that, oh, well, there was some sort of connection between something with the Freemasons, something with Johnson. But it's even said that several hours before Lincoln was shot, John Wilkes Booth was actually seen by several people stopping by the Kirkwood house to meet with Johnson. But he wasn't at home. Hmm. Another reason that we know this is because John Wilkes Booth would actually leave a, a personal note for Johnson. Hmm. So it's like, why was that going on? You know, like weird. Yo, we, yeah, but it has to do with like you know the abolition the abolition of slavery, and you know Johnson would later refuse to join the Confederacy, and he would join the Union. There's all this kind of like stuff that. You know, if you if you look at it through the lens of like the time and like if it did have something to do with a freemasonic, you know, boys club secret society, um, mm-hmm. a lot of those decisions that were being made by Lincoln, for all we know, could have been really stifling certain moves that the,
1: mm-hmm. the May- that the Freemasons wanted. Yeah, that to the do. Freemasons kind of wanted to to happen. So basically, like the the broad stroke version of that is the Freemasons potentially plotted to assassinate Lincoln, Mm -hmm. and then fast forward to 1982, they find out that this guy's going to be writing a book that uncovers something, Mm -hmm. and they take him out. Yeah, and then they do it in a way that's going to make it look so bizarre and crazy, and it's such a big organization with tentacles everywhere Mm -hmm. that they can kind of follow it. And make the weird things happen, such as like burning down some dude's house, you know, yeah. they think there's information there.
2: Well, and I, I think that, you know, from some of the research and sort of into sort of the modern age of sort of conspiracy theories and like Freemasonry. Uh, mm. I mean, man, there is a lot of stuff. And it in my mind, I'm I'm really I'm really sort of torn because on the one hand, like I said, I know people that are that are Masons and they're like the, the greatest people that I've ever known, you know. Mm-hmm. They're they're just good good men. And but then you hear this stuff and I think I think there's sort of a delineation between your bi, you know super high level Freemasons like once you get once you start talking about men that are you know called master masons and like 33rd degree Masons mm-hmm. like these are the guys who are actually looking behind the curtain i would say you know what i mean whereas Mm -hmm. like your your
1: everyday small town you know they're not getting that they're not privy to like the ultimate yeah they're just kind of thing they're not seeing any of that and i'll just point out too that like good people are good people bad people are bad people organizations have both yeah right right you know absolutely but i
2: think that if this is true and this is just sort of where i end up with this i think that this group of men that Don was meeting up with, these sort of Lincoln aficionados, if you will. I think the possibility that one of these men could have been a a Freemason, and possibly he could have mentioned it to a higher up about this Lincoln thing, and, uh, you know, him writing a book. And you also think, too, I mean, this guy was kind of a big deal. He was a big ad exec in New York City. So, Mm -hmm. you know, Maybe he couldn't, but I think the general consensus would be well, if nothing else, he puts out a book. It's at least going to get some traction because of his connections within the advertising yeah. industry. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So I think Man. that could maybe have some time. Ty- you know, my thing is this, though. I think that I, I just I can't land on one thing.
1: I think it could be a whole bunch of things. Yeah. I, th- I just can't imagine somebody having like some. Yes, successful, but New York's a big place. In Mm -hmm. in 1982, you know, not very well-known, never written a book before person making so much, like getting the waves so big yeah, that they would call attention to this in such a way that not only are they going to follow this guy Mm -hmm. all the way out to Wyoming, they're also going to take him. And they're gonna kill him, and then wait four years to just dump the body. Like, yeah, that's, there's just so many like things that it's just like doesn't make sense. Well, see, know? that's the part that I don't I don't think
2: any of any of that had to do with or has to do with my sort of Mason Freemason theory. Mm. I think okay. that whatever happened to him with like the car, and then the footsteps stopping, and him disappearing, and then just popping back up you know, in the, in the same area, his body's completely pristine. And then like the, the weird missing like hyoid bone and then the surgical laser precision, you know, hole in the top of his head. Like whenever I first read that to me, it was this sort of like, is this some kind of weird, like synchro mystic universal, like trickster kind of thing playing out? Like, you know, it's like he was so involved in this Lincoln thing. And as we know, Lincoln was, you know, ended up with a hole in his head as well. And so, like... Boy, I hope that wasn't supposed to be a joke. No, well, well, I mean, okay. I mean they both did. But, you know, like, I'm just saying, it is interesting. You know, we, we talk a lot about tulpas and the idea that, you know, all this, like, thought and research. And, I mean, this guy clearly was... Like his whole mission was to make it to Jackson Hole and to stop at like every sort of Lincoln-affiliated sort of location on the way there, like a little trail. And like I don't know, it's it's just it is weird that like they would both, you know, supposedly die in somewhat of a
1: similar way, maybe. Yeah. You know. Also, like I, I you know, they only found a single set of p- footprints, right? And yeah. So like they're not. That's what I'm saying. Like, either it's a highly skilled assassin mm-hmm. that's coming after this, like, relatively nobody really. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, one set of footprints, what, you, what am I supposed to believe? That someone else perfectly covered up theirs? Yeah, that's, you know, the, the, and then, well, always, no, I was
2: going to say, like, also, the, you know, I, we also got to remember that, like, we said before, like, his sock
1: would end up you know, six miles away mm-hmm. in a bar. Well, and then like, he, allegedly he was seen, I just looked at this 150 miles away multiple times. And one of them being like, not just a tavern in a bar. Hey man, this guy traveled. Mm-hmm. He walked 150 miles. He probably a little thirsty and needs some, some, uh, a cold beer, mm-hmm. but also like a Lincoln associated type place. And so right. that independent information about mm-hmm. that, is interesting to me. You know what and, I'm yeah, saying? Like, in and, other words, it's not like, oh, this guy's a known Lincoln historian. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think I saw him. You know, it's like, I don't know, man. Yeah, it's it's, it's so weird. weird. And, then, and then also the idea that like,
2: okay, was, you know, before all this went down, when he would show up at this, you know, Lincoln Museum or whatever with his sister there, you know, the lady was like, oh, basically we've been expecting you. You're the guy that's writing a... And they both were sort of mm-hmm like dumbfounded like how did this lady know this and then mm-hmm. hand him a card you know from this sort of psychic medium uh yeah you know on the back it's kind of
1: like whenever i'm like you know in some random store and like, you're the are you the i <laughs> mean and they're like moving their glasses around they're like wow are you're the and i'm like well thank you thank you mm-hmm. nice to see mm-hmm. you and they're like you're the host of, of that number one podcast we are. International. you read, be you know internationally well known yeah just number one, top of the charts podcast, that would be right. Is that you? Mm -hmm. And I say, yes, yes, sorry. Mm -hmm. You know, and I take a couple selfies and then I I go about my business. But, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. -hmm. Yeah.
2: (laughs) No, but, you know, I think, was that a supernatural thing or was that somehow tied into this sort of big conspiracy that was playing out that had to do with possibly some you know, people that maybe they were tied with the Freemasons. Maybe it was like a mm. totally other secret mm-hmm. society type thing. And, you know, maybe some of the men in his group, like there's just so many weird things, especially yeah. the, then I keep going back to this too, the idea that he would leave his, um, his briefcase at this, one of the museums on his way out that would include his traveler's check. So back in the 80s, that would have covered your expenses and your, mm-hmm. I mean, that's how you would pay for stuff. Yeah, Uh, it would have his glasses
1: that he had to wear while driving. It would have like just real quick because I feel like if we have younger listeners or if even our own kids are listening to this episode right now, Mm -hmm. you shouldn't have. Until maybe you're a little older because we talked about some gross dissecting and stuff. But travelers' checks for those of you that remember, like you couldn't use like your own local check. If you traveled out of state, Mm -hmm. they might. Well, you could use it, but they might not accept it. So, even as 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 recent as my very first trip to New York City ever, uh, I think this is maybe two thousand. I don't know, man, four, five, six, Mm -hmm. something like that. We had to get travelers checks because sometimes hotels wouldn't accept an out of state check because they were so easy to kind of forge and that kind of thing Mm -hmm. and and the time that it would take for them to verify that check and so you had to get these travelers checks before you left right so that you'd actually have the ability to write out a check Mm -hmm. and pay for whatever it was that you that you did yeah this was this was before i mean maybe they had credit cards but not they had credit cards but they didn't have debit cards really i mean when i went to new york of course they had a debit card. And my specific, well, the circumstances were a little different. But
2: I think even with that, like, a lot of places would accept, you know, your, like, bigger sort of chain places would probably take cards. But other small places, like, they didn't have the old, you know,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: card right. reader. Yeah, it would
1: say, like, cash or check only. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, d- I just... Well, you said it best earlier, which is, like, this is a situation that if you're not... If you are the type of person that wants the resolution at the end and for there to be like this like big answer Mm -hmm. this is certainly not the case for that no like i'm super interested to hear like what other theories people have i mean obviously time travel is always my favorite one not just because i get to play this sound Mm -hmm. yeah but also i'm just super fascinated by time travel and that kind of thing Mm -hmm. What other theories are out there? I mean, did, was there some sort of uh, dimension that opened and this guy walked into it? Yeah. And then there's other creatures that we don't even know about and that's what they did to him. And then he came back and died. I mean, there's so much more to it too. Like I want more details about the actual autopsy and finding yeah. those records about like, were they able to d- to determine uh, that the body, like that it showed evidence of him not only being dead four years prior but also any sort of deterioration of any sort of non-tissues or anything i mean it's just you know yeah. there's so much to this thing that's just absolutely bizarre yeah and i'm glad uh i'm glad you didn't tell me about it until oh, um, wow. until just now it, it really took Although a lot can of we please like we got it like summer's almost here can we please start recording these things like earlier than late at night because i, I gotta tell you dude you know, I, I'm not like a scaredy cat, but I end up d- having like weird as heck dreams after these things. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and, and we got to start doing a little early or in the day. Yeah. It's funny because like the way that
2: I, the only way that I can kind of explain the feeling that I get inside when I hear the unsolved mystery, you know, synth keyboard oh little theme song. Like when I hear that, it's mm-hmm. not like an over the top scary. It's not like a... right. Here's Michael Myers. Here's Freddie. Here's, right, right. It's this weird, like,
1: unknowing, like, like. Mm-hmm. Huh? It's worse, dude. It's worse. It's and not it makes a it jump worse. scare. Right. It's not like a cheap thrill. It's something that, like, is just deep within. Yeah. It's sort of like the same with, like, those two shows, man, when we were kids. Uh, Unsolved Mysteries and then Rescue 911. Yeah. I w- it it would just, they did a number. Yeah, yeah. And Well, and then Robert Stack's voice over the theme. Yeah. I mean, it just it, is it, I can't it made it, it so yeah. much
2: worse. But the reason I say that is, this story gives me that same kind of thing. Like, it's not—it's mm-hmm. not an overbearing, scary, but it's a like. There's so many things that are unanswered. There's so many things that it could be, but well, no, it
1: can't be that. Well, it could Let's be put this. It this way, it's just if you're driving right now, listener, and you're in that part of Wyoming, mm-hmm. or if I was, whew, there's not a whole lot that I would stop for if that makes sense. Right. I would just keep on driving. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, folks, we're glad you stuck with us. We're
2: sorry we could not provide any sort of explanation or mm. sort of resolve to this crazy, uh, you know, case or disappearance, what have you. But we're glad you joined us. And uh, if you want to talk to us, you can hit us on Instagram, shoot us a DM jump in those comments, tell us what you like, what you don't like about the show. We'll probably delete it if you say something you don't like, but Mm -hmm. either way, if you want to tell your own story, your own weird story, or you would like us to talk about a certain topic that we haven't covered yet, feel free to shoot whatever that may be to, that would be radpod at gmail.com. If it's your own personal thing and you do want to talk about it and let us put some badass music and sound design to it for a future episode, go on our website that would be radpodcast.com and you can leave your voice memo directly to us and if you agree then we'd love to play it for a show in the future give us a five star review wherever you uh, wherever you have your wherever you listen to your podcast tell a single friend about the show and if you're not getting enough that would be rad material here on the free feed head on over to patreon we have our rabbit trail and it's just more of what you love already. I guess that's about it. Again, I feel like everything just sort of fills up in the air. It feels like we didn't really figure doesn't anything out. fill up out. in the air to me. If I drive through Montana, I'm
1: keeping going. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we love you. We appreciate you. And as always, be rad. the
2: what do you think? What a f- weird, so weird this thing. Yeah, dude. It's, it is very weird, man.
1: Mm. I, I am glad that I didn't tell you anything about oh, it. Like jittery, dude. I thought I heard something. I mean, you know, this stuff, <laughs> oh, man. Golly. <laughs> oh, the best is that lady totally sounded exactly like this lady that ran this gas station that I worked at for, I think it was like, it might've been four days. Uh-huh. It was probably more like two days that i worked at this gas station man man in college it was like shady as heck man i just uh i didn't want to do it oh i'm i would imagine my friend i mean the first day i get there the lady's like all right now keep in mind dude when you get into and this is for the younger listeners like when you get a new job there's like a certain amount of time that is allotted mm-hmm. to training mm. the new employee yeah. so that they know the safety procedures, yeah. so they know you know how to do that the day i show up okay <laughs> First off, you walk in, and this might have been one of the only places left uh, in America where, hey, man, they still smoke inside. Mm, The lady's just literally smoking back-to-back, chain smoking is Mm -hmm. what they call it, right? Just back-to-back, back-to-back, cigarettes, cigarettes. So I walk in, I'm just like, gosh, that's a lot of smoke, but okay. Uh, And she's like, all right, let me show you something. I'm like, okay. She pulls out just a drawer. There's no lock on it. And it's got a key in there. And she's like, now, this is the key to the safe in the back. Every night, you just put all the money into this bag, and you put it in the safe in there. Hmm. Don't worry about the um, uh, combination. You just basically put it in there, close it, and then whoever opens the store tomorrow, they take it to the bank. Okay, again, this is the key to the safe that apparently, like, if I open, I guess I'm gonna to have to use that and then maybe I won't have to have a It's just it's confusing already, yeah. trust me. Then she kind of like closes again and she's like, No, you see that mirror up there? And you remember those mirrors in convenience stores that are kind of yeah, like, the round like ones. a dome, yeah, round mirror and behind it. Usually there's a camera. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen this before. That's how you guys, you know, security footage and stuff. She's like, Yeah, we don't have any cameras, but we're <laughs> that's just supposed to make it look like we do. And I'm like, Wow. Oh, okay, well, you know, this is a pretty good little town that I'm going to college in. Maybe there shouldn't be any, like, weird stuff. And then she pulls out the same drawer, but she pulls it a little bit further. Shotgun. And there's, no, not shotgun, man. A little, like, uh. Like Beretta. Revolver. Yeah. Yeah. And it's in, like, a little, like, leather holster thing. And she's just like, now, this is just in case things get. You know, wild. I'm like, oh wow, okay. And she's like, you know, I never have to deal with any of that kind of stuff. She sticks around for about ten more minutes, and then she leaves. Yeah. She says, "All right, now have a good day." Mm-hmm. I'm like, "What? H- Hello?" And so, like, dude, I they probably lost. I, who knows, man? People were trying to pull all kinds of things. Like these truckers were coming and be like, "Where's Victoria?" Oh like, I don't know. He's like, they usually got my, they usually got my coffee ready for me. And I'm like, oh, okay, mm. well, the puns. And the coffee pot's over there. You know, it, Anyhow, it is interesting. and
2: a, I, It's funny because a lot of, I mean, we know this because of, you know, hundreds of of shows and driving all night and stuff. But, like, it is interesting, you know, when, when we would go from town to town and, you know, you'd go into this gas station, there would be, like, a cast of characters that, like, they all knew each other. It's just interesting that there's this whole sort of nighttime culture culture that most yeah, people will never see you know yeah it's mm-hmm. it's super shady and
1: super little yeah i mean there's look there's some nice people and stuff oh yeah the boy it gets a little wild like one guy like him he's like oh well she usually she lets me just kind of yeah. put it on my tab i'm like <laughs> sir i don't really know you know anything like that and he's like don't worry they'll they'll know i'm like all right anyway man um, i i just never showed back up i had after a couple days you know like, mm. that's amazing it was it was scary